Wake me up! Wake me up inside! I can't wake up! Why? Save me! Why did you do that? Because it's time to go. Time to go? It's time to go. It's time to rev, rev, rev and go. It's the morning! <laughs> Why are we recording in the morning? Because we're adults and we have to do shit. That's right, well... Like, go see a man called Otto. We have to... You want to go see a man called Otto? That's what I'm doing today. That's what you're doing today? Yeah. I, I, I guess it is Tuesday. Do you see Tuesday... This is why we don't record early. Do you see... <laughs> do you see movies every Tuesday? I try to. At least every other Tuesday. Goddamn. What... Then last week was... Uh, not Emma. What's her name? Megan. 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 He's a shit fucking family. Yeah. So, okay, so you go see movies every Tuesday because you go to Marcus. Yeah, it's five dollars, so why not? Yeah, for anyone who... I, I don't know if this is a thing around the country or, like, elsewhere, but at least in the Midwest, we have a string of Marcus theaters, and every Tuesday, they do five dollar movies. Um, obviously, if you get tickets for like IMAX or big screen format uh, movies they're a little bit more expensive but only by like a dollar you know sometimes you'll pay like six or seven fifty or something for like an IMAX Tuesday yeah. um, daddy daddy Greg hooking us up daddy Greg Greg Marquez uh, with hi. the most <laughs> hi <laughs> so how long have you been doing like consistent Tuesday movies is this like a recent thing it's a pretty recent thing. Probably only like two or three months. Oh, okay. So, Megan was your latest one yeah, last first week. First 2023 movie. Yeah. A first and, 2023 movie? Yeah, like I mentioned. Yeah. Fucking one of the worst crowd experiences. Worse since Halloween 2018, which was legendarily terrible. I don't think I remember that one. Oh my god, dude told you already but there was a family of like eight fucking people half mm -hmm. of them were babies or mm -hmm. toddlers mm -hmm. two of them had ipads mm -hmm. one of the fucking moms was taking pictures of the fucking baby with the flash on <laughs> one kid was watching a minecraft let's play max fucking volume <laughs> god, god damn, damn. If you're if you're a family of eight, oh. don't fucking go see Megan. Also, okay? like to be fair, to be fair, if you are a family of eight, I, I honestly have a hard time saying that you should go see a movie at all. Not to say that families of eight need to be like banned from movie theaters, uh, but it's too many fucking people, especially unless unless all eight family members are adults. Or like near adults, uh, then just don't come. Because if you have like two or more children in your group of eight, uh, if any of them are babies, don't go to the movie theater. You know why? Because kids can't sit still for more than like ten minutes unless they're shoving sugar into their face, or they're watching Mr. Beast, or like Five Nights at Freddy's edits on YouTube. Yeah. And like, here's the thing, I don't think that's a generational thing. 
I think kids have had trouble sitting still for a long time because kids are they're kids are kids. Like, could you sit still as a kid unless you were doing something you liked? I don't remember. I don't. I actually don't really remember because I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. But um, I don't know. We just played Game Boys all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were we were basically iPad kids, right? But if we had way smaller iPads, and they were they could only do one like one thing basically. So like, uh, well, except for those little Game Boy cartridges of like episodes of shows. Do you remember those? I had that first thing I ever bought. It was Pokemon Fire Red and a SpongeBob. Uh, Game Boy video with uh, ripped pants. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one of the earlier episodes, right? Yeah, ripped pants. Um, yeah, dude. I so like if I wasn't drawing, or if I wasn't like playing video games, I was fucking running around and I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't like listening to anybody. Running around and throwing Woody all over the place. <laughs> yeah, we. I I have to apologize if my mom is listening to this. We destroyed a lot of my toys uh, that we that we had. Uh, was that you who came over where I took a bowling pin from one of my birthdays that was signed by all of my friends that came, and I was we were just smashing toys of mine with the bowling pin. That sounds pretty familiar. And then on the bowling pin afterwards, there were all these different colors from like yeah. the paints of different toys because we smashed them. It was just a lot of like Happy Meal toys. So we were fucking menaces, dude. Absolute savages. And we weren't. I don't. Re, I don't think I was a very good kid. But you know, I guess that's from my own perspective. I'm also my own worst critic. So I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna think I was a good kid. But my mom will tell me, uh, "Yeah, you were. You were fine. You were. You were okay." He so really yeah, is a good boy. <laughs> what is? You want to explain to me why you said that? No. Okay. Come here, please. He really is a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so kids in movie theaters, it's just not a good combination. I remember I took my little sister to go see Lightyear, and she was... I mean, I was telling you. She was, like, in it for the first, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever. And then as soon as she lost interest, she raised the recliner part of her chair and just, like, started sitting backwards. And she was talking to me the whole time. And she was, you know, whatever. So, PSA, don't fucking take your kids to the movie theater. Uh, do you know how many movies you can just watch at home now? Just, like... Basically all of them. Basically all of them. At the most, so, you, know, you have to wait, like, two weeks for it to come on yeah. digital. Yeah, fucking Puss in Boots was on Voodoo or whatever, like, two weeks after it came out in theaters. Yeah. Something like that. So it's like, I, I tried to rent it so I could watch it with my family, um, and apparently it was like $35 to rent. or It was like $25 to rent and then like 30 to buy or something, and then somewhere else it was $35 to buy. And I was like, you might as well go to the theater and just watch it you know, for the price that you would pay to rent it, like, once, you know? Yeah. Um, but hey, man, if that's keeping, if that's keeping the movie business afloat, then I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll welcome it. Plus, I already saw it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so this Monday, Tuesday, th today, 
this Tuesday, Tuesday, is a man called a man named Otto. A man called Otto. I think it's called. I don't know. Mm. It's supposed to. You be think good. it's called what? I think it's fucking man called <laughs> Osmosis. That's what it is. Oh, a sequel to Osmosis Jones. Yeah, yeah. The animation classic from two thousand and one. The second worst thing to happen in two thousand and one. Just kidding. It's a great movie. Bruh. I stole that. I stole that joke. I stole that joke from fuck. You know, either either Drew Gooden or Curtis Connor. I stole that two thousand and one joke. Nice. Hey, that was the year of the Space Odyssey. You remember that? It was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When we all went to space and shit our pants and came back with uh, space shit. How about that Barbie trailer? There's a new one. Have you seen it? Where they rip off 2001. Oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Who is that? Greta Greta Gerwig is directing that Somewhere. or writing it. I don't know, man. I Vince would know. It's a really, um, it's a really goofy looking uh, trailer. Yeah, but it looks like it's gonna be a fun movie, dude. I <laughs> I'm ex- unironically excited to see what Barbie turns into. Yeah. Um, because if it becomes something like the Lego Movie, where it's like. Like the directors and the actors in it have already talked about how it's not gonna, like it's it's not gonna be what you think it is. Um, I know you can't really talk about it beyond that, but I don't know. Maybe it's a crime drama. Maybe it's like Barbie's on drugs, mm-hmm. or just oh. a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, Ken's a mass murderer, and Barbie is lawyer Barbie, and she has to. And she has to, uh, you know, defend him in in court. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fucked up time. But you know, twenty twenty three. I'm excited for music and movies and games in this next coming year. Um, but uh, you know, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we have to go back in time a little bit. Um, I am David Kabushikars. I am Nick Scarpin Auto, and this right here is our uh hold on can i get you to autofocus can i get you to autofocus please there you go yeah this is the i think it's just a max box matchbox it is a uh a bmw m5 police car uh and it's got a little elephant next to the Uh, next uh, to the name uh. Oh, no. Whoa, hey, this is a family podcast, David. You can't be doing that kind of shit. Sorry, I was unplugged for a moment. Tone it down a, mo- a, a notch. I. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, well, uh, today we're going to be talking about a couple of things that um, we've either already talked about or we need to use a time machine to go back and talk about. Um we're revisiting Breaking Bad because guess who fucking finished the show finally after being recommended it like two or three years ago? That's right. It's me. And I finished it with David because, you know, I mean, how, how are you going to recommend someone a show and then not watch the best episodes with the other person? Exactly. Or at least the really important ones. Like at least the really Face important Off ones. and the last six goddamn episodes. Yeah, we binged them because I didn't I didn't catch up as much as I thought I would before we hung uh, hung out again. So we got that to talk about definitively now. Um, 
we made each other a deal uh, after the last episode that for this week's episode, we were going to each listen to the other person's favorite album of 2022. So in my case, I had to listen to Devin Townsend's Light Work. Uh, and I listened to Lizzie McAlfie's uh, uh, Say McAlpine. It Ain't So. Say it ain't so. How did you? How could you be so wrong? <laughs> I don't remember I, what it's called. I I had I had him listen to uh, Lizzie McAlpine's Call Me uh, by Five my Seconds name. Flat. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Close yeah. So um, <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about those albums, uh, favorite tracks, least favorite tracks, overall first impressions. Um, and then we're finally, finally, after all this time, after this whole series of looking at Pokemon uh, through the generations, which in 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 retrospect was probably <laughs> not a great idea, because there was a lot of... I mean, it was a fine idea. Right? Yeah, it was a good idea. Yeah, that's, that's our shit. That's our shit. Yeah, so we, so we spent the last eight episodes talking about Pokemon... And each of its generations and all of the spinoff games and stuff. So with Gen 1, you had Red and Blue and all of the spinoff games that were released before Gen 2 Gold and Silver came out. Last week, we finished up Gen 8. So now we are finally in Gen 9, which was officially kicked off in November of 2022. So just a couple months ago with Scarlet and Violet. Uh, so we're going to be talking Scarlet and Violet today. The new Pokemon games that we've had at least, what, like two two or three months? Two months. Yeah. Had two months with. So uh, just, to, just, to, just to reiterate, this is the car that we're doing today. And you know why we chose this car? The police car? Because there's a lot of crime in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's blue. Baby you know? blue. So. My sky falls for you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the words. Mr. White, why are you blue? <laughs> you know? You know that meme? No. What memes do you know, David? Is that, is that a Reservoir Dogs joke? Nope. Oh. Is, it's Breaking Bad. Damn. Because <laughs> everyone in the Reservoir Dogs called, like, Mr. Color or whatever. Mr. Pink. <laughs> Mr. Brown. Mr. Blue, Mr. White. No. <laughs> I mean, there is a Mr. 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 Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do Jesse. I can't do anyone from Breaking hey. Bad. Actually, yo. So, uh, we gonna talk about it? <laughs> yo, bitch. Yeah. Nah, it just sounds like me. Anyway, Breaking Bad. Um, the. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Probably one of the best. TV shows uh, in American, or at least modern American history. One of the best? Please. I Listen, I haven't seen every show. Please. But at least as far as shows that I've seen in every sense of the word and in every technical aspect, directing, editing, <laughs> producing, Brian Cranston did a great job giving the show money. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the acting, the music, the writing, it's all very, very good. And the twists and turns that you experience along the journey are amazing. Some of which 
we will talk about today. So if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, like I didn't, like th- two years ago, then uh, yeah, don't don't watch this part of the episode or don't listen to this part of the episode because we're gonna be talking all of the spoilers, uh, every single one. Yeah. Um. Or if you don't give a shit, starting you know, you with watch um, Walter White goes bald. It's the first big twist of the show. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, he loses. Whoa, his hair. that's that's deep, dude. Yeah, he goes bald because he has you, you cancer. Oh, okay, just go ahead and spoil that part. Why don't you? <laughs> it's the first episode. You dip. It's a meme. You dip. It's like the goddamn. Uh, that's like what the um, like the description of the show says. Like yeah, yeah. Teacher with cancer, fucking. Kills people. Yeah. That's, that's the summary. <laughs> and sells drugs. Um, yeah, dude. It's I, I. At this point, I feel like I could talk about things that happen in the plot, or I can just talk about specific uh, moments that I really liked. Because I don't know enough about film or editing or things like that to really comment on, on the technical side of things. I just... I just, from what I do know, uh, I studied film for half a semester in college. Um, there was one really good dolly shot that I liked, or dolly zoom, um, in Ozymandias. And there were a couple of, uh, oh, what do they call them? The um, Dutch angles that were interesting too. There's a lot of really interesting camera placements in this show, uh, which keep even like really boring on, on paper, like really low energy, boring conversations, uh, really interesting, which is rare because this, there's not a lot in the show that isn't important, right? Like almost every line of dialogue, almost every shot, almost every little plot detail that's introduced is important. Hey, do you remember the kid from the fucking train heist episode? Yeah, he turns out to be Saul's brother. So, just <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> Drew Sharp. Uh, I started watching, yeah, fucking Chuck. Charles McGill. Oh, you started a Better Call Saul? Yeah, I, I'm almost at the end of season one. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, because I, I started watching it at home whenever I go back to the to my parents' house. Um, and they're, they're really invested. Uh, nice. So, now we're watching it. Yeah, it's really good so far. It's basically a court, you know, it's a court drama. But anyway, enough. Not we'll talk about Better Call Saul at a later point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, tell me about why? Why did you start watching Breaking Bad? I don't think I ever got that from you. Because James Rolfe. Oh. He put out a video, like reviewing it, and he was like, "Yeah, bro, this is probably the best show I've watched besides Twilight Zone." Mm. And I was like, "All right." I'll do it. <laughs> and I did it. Yeah, because you're also not a big TV show guy, are you? No. No, the only, like, shows I've seen, like, before that, I mean, yeah. I don't even know what I watch. Drake and Josh? Spongebob? <laughs> as far as, like, dramas go, I don't think I've seen a single one. And mm. I don't think I can now because they're not going to be as good as Breaking Bad, so why bother? I've, I've uh... peaked. That's fair. That's fair. You've peaked. Yeah. It's like, um, 
it's like the first drink I ever try is like cran raspberry, and then what's the point of drinking anything else? Yeah, I mean it's not going to be as good as cran raspberry. Exactly. Or uh, or Mountain Dew Voltage. Oh, oh, anything's going to be better than Popeye's mashed potatoes. Okay, sure. I it's peaked. <laughs> Food has peaked. <laughs> Popeye's mashed potatoes. Yes, that's your ideal food. Peak food. Holy shit! I can live off of it. (laughs) Starting today, David Kapushikars is gonna live off of Popeye's mashed potatoes for thirty days. And cran raspberry. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta drink. Big boy's gotta eat. Maybe a little cream cheese in there. Anyway, yeah, I, I've been through the show in full. Three times now. God damn. And then the episodes I watched with you were like the fourth time I've seen those. Son of a bitch. So. It's a lot of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, which is funny because the show that I recommended to you, uh, My Hero Academia, which you got to a lot sooner than I got to Breaking Bad, I've also watched almost about the same amount of times. Um, So I think it's kind of a cool coincidence. But um, let's talk favorite things, right? I want to hear your favorite episode, your favorite character, and your favorite moment. Um, I mean, favorite episode, I mean, I think it's got to be Face Off. Because which one is that? With the Gus one. Oh, the season four finale? Yeah. Like That's I said, that good. was my fourth time watching it, and my heart still like fucking pounds. <laughs> Even though I know like exactly what's gonna happen, like it's so goddamn yeah. intense. It is very intense. Um, and I just wa- I watched the whole behind the scenes of that shot about like the making of the explosion and how it took them like fifty takes for that final shot of him falling. Yeah, holy I, shit! I watched this. I watched the same video after you said that you. Uh, Saw it and I was like, hey, I want to see how it was made. I think it was uh, take 19 that they ended up using. Yeah. And then when they took it to the editing room, Vince was the creator, Vince Gilligan. Uh, he told the editors, like, hey, don't tell me what episode you use shots from. And they were going through it and they were like, yeah, sure enough, shot 19 looked the best. So he had the he had the right he had the right idea. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a very good episode. I I don't mean to sound like a you know beating a dead i don't know if it's a dead horse i really like the fly episode <laughs> honestly like in all honesty i really liked the you know because it's a bottle episode right it's two characters in one location for the entirety of the episode and bottle episodes are so interesting because they're basically just like character studies right like you get to see these characters through a wide range of emotions interacting with each other and the episode is funny and it's intense and it's and it's like so this happened to be James Rolfe's favorite episode too and the way that he described it he was he was saying it's not emblematic of what the show provides like it's not a good representation of what breaking bad is as a show but it is within the context of the show a very interesting episode in itself um and if I didn't choose that one, I also really like Cellar 
because crawl space or crawl space. Fuck, you had one job, Nick. <laughs> I really like crawl space because uh, I remember just getting to the end of that episode where Walter's in the you know the bottom of the crawl space, and it's just like this crescendo of chaos that leads to the final moment of him breaking his sanity and laughing in the crawl space and Skylar realizing, Oh shit, this is, this is the turn, you know? And then everything after that is just different. It's so different, you know, their relationship and like Walter's outlook on things. Um, yeah, it, it was just really intense. I remember. And obviously you have to, you have to, you know, look at Felina and Ozymandias and the last couple of episodes, um, as really good contenders too, but I have a really hard time saying that anything from season five is my favorite episode because one, I fucking hate Todd. Uh, I fucking hate Lydia. You know, I think they're fine characters, but I think, um, there's, there's something about like the late addition of characters in a show like breaking bad that feels like not an afterthought, but like they finished, they wrapped up season four and they were like, okay, I mean, that could be the end of the show if we don't get picked up for a fifth season. And then they got picked up for a fifth season and then they were like, oh shit, okay, uh, how do we continue the story? And then they throw in these characters that we've never heard of or seen before, you know, and they're just like, oh yeah, we knew Gus. <laughs> um, but like they make it work and they, they still made a really good season of TV. Some people call season five the best season of Breaking Bad. Um, which I don't know about all that. Um, but yeah, so I, I think season four was my favorite. So any like favorite episodes that I have are going to be from that season. Just, you know, when they have the lab and when Gus is still around, cause Gus is one of the most compelling characters, I think in the pantheon of TV characters that I've, that I've ever watched. Gus, Gus, real good. Really Gu- good. Gus, real good. And, you know, better call Saul. He just continues being really good yeah so um i don't know about a favorite character i don't know maybe badger (laughs) isn't he one of uh dwight's cousins in um he is yeah he's the one with like the beard and shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i i really like jesse i think he's written to be very sympathetic um and he's an idiot and he does dumb things, but like he provides a lot of humor in the early parts of the show and a lot of drama and like the emotional stakes. Cause I never, I never really cried for Walt, but I, I teared up for Jesse a couple of times. Cause I was just like, dude, this guy's being put through the fucking ringer. Um, and I think Aaron Paul's performance is really fucking good. I mean, you know, the writers and the director, you know, will say it themselves. Like, they didn't plan on keeping Jesse around for that long. Um, He was supposed to die at the end of season one, but just the way Aaron Paul portrayed him and the way that Aaron interacted with uh, Brian Cranston, they were like, ah, we can keep him around. You know who I did really like, though? Mm. I liked the cousins. Oh, like the, the silent ones? Yeah. I really like them. Every time they show up, I just I just think they're really good. They're like slasher villains, dude. Because like, they, they never say anything, and then they just they have a they have a fucking scene in Better Call Saul, which, which I'm thinking of. Yeah, where like they just walk in and just fuck everything, fuck shit up, 
Mm. I'm like, oh my god, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Why uh, do I like have... I said, everyone, um, like almost everyone shows back up in that show, and they they just get better. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get to that part. There, get to that point in Better Call Saul. Um, but yeah, the cousin, the cousins are pretty good. Um, do you have a favorite like singular moment from the show? Because I think my um, moment is all my my moment is the the crawl space, you know that zoom out and then, or is it a zoom in? I can't remember what it is. It's it, it's out. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I can't think of a specific singular moment. I don't know. Prob- probably the explosion. Explosion's really good. And they just thought the fucking pan out because you know he walks out then you're like are you shitting me yeah and then there's no way he survived and then half his face is just gone holy shit yeah it was it's intense it i was telling you before i we got to that episode that i had seen i had seen what happens to gus because at this point the show has been off the air for almost 10 years now and the big moments of the show what usually happens with pieces of media that are that that are really impactful is they'll live longer than anyone expects them to but i think for a lot of people our age or younger mostly younger those pieces of media live on through memes so it's like do you know how many breaking bad memes i see like regularly and it's because this show was so good and it affected so many people and it's still a part of like the cultural zeitgeist that people will use it for fucking memes. So I've seen the Gus, you know, I saw the Gus meme early with the, you know, the face half off. I saw the, um, the pizza scene a couple of times. Oh my God. I just now connected it. Mm. The show's literally called the episode's called face off because he loses his face. Yeah. I thought it meant like it's you know, Gus versus Walt, like it's a face-off. But no, he literally loses his fucking face. <laughs> fuck this show, man. <laughs> how, how does it just keep getting better the more you think about it? What the fuck? Hey, it's, it's a sign of good writing and good directing and all that. Holy shit. Anyway, right, uh, right. I think we... Any any last couple of... I, I think that's a good... Do you have any anything else? I started like three different thoughts there. Do you have anything else to say about Breaking Bad before we move on? I mean, I can just go on and on, huh? Yeah, I was like, at this point, we've been talking about it for what, like, like what is? Because I obviously gave my thoughts the first time we talked about it. Yeah. But like, what about you? Now that you're done, well, halfway done. <laughs> halfway done. I think. So as far as Breaking Bad goes. Um, it kept me engaged for most of its run. I think there was a little bit in the beginning of season four where I wasn't always engaged. Um, I felt like the music was pretty good throughout. Granted, a lot of the musical cues were just like, you know, needle drops. There's just like actual songs, you know, um, that influenced like the ambiance and the tone of an episode or a scene. So I feel like the actual in-universe, like, composed score, I didn't really notice a whole lot. Whereas in Better Call Saul, like, the same person comes back to compose 
the score for Better Call Saul. And I can already hear, like, the difference, you know, and I, I enjoy the music in Better Call Saul way more. Um, but other than that, I don't think I have very many critiques past that. I mean, every season feels like its own thing, but it's obviously continuing, you know, a larger narrative. Um, Brian Cranston continues to be one of the best actors working today. Um, and I remember the first time I ever saw him was, I think for a lot of people as well in Malcolm in the middle and, uh, then seeing him in breaking bad all these years later, it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, he's not Hal anymore. He's, he's Walter White. You know, this mm-hmm. is, is incredible. And we got to see, uh, John Carlo at C2E2 and now, you know, I regret not having seen breaking bad at that point, because I think it would have been so much cooler uh, to see him on stage in person. Um, I don't know when the next time I'll be going back to watch Breaking Bad will be, but I think at the very least, if I can find like the whole series on DVD and Blu-ray, I want to pick it up because I know there's a lot of bonus features that I want to see, and a lot of the, you know, it's when I'm really into a show, I like seeing the bonus features and like the gag reels and the interviews and stuff like that. I get really into the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so I know I liked this show a lot. If, you know, as soon as I finish it, I'm like looking up like video essays and I'm looking up like gag reels and bloopers and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to be thinking about this show for a while and I'm going to have moments burned into my brain for a while. It's really good. It's really fucking good, dude. Yeah, there's there's just so many good moments. You a box cutter, you know? Yeah. Because fucking, <laughs> fucking Victor. Yeah. Goddamn, uh, the Gale, like, season three cliffhanger. Yeah. Imagine waiting a year for that. Man, I would have shot myself. <laughs> there was oh, probably, yeah, like a, there's probably a cut where Jesse shot himself, too, instead of shooting Gale. And they were like, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. Um... Uh, Granite State 2, you know, the last shot where they use the theme song, you yeah. know, and it, like, shows the glass, like, half empty. Like, there's still more to be done. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's fuck. That's a fucking anime move right there is you play the OP <laughs> from the beginning of the show at, like, a big moment in the... Maybe maybe other shows did that first, but I always think it's an anime thing. Um, yeah. And yeah. then the whole, like, Felina, like, gun coming out of, like, the trunk and shooting them all. Yeah. That was an episode of Mythbusters, which I watched. Oh, was it? Yeah. We're like, yeah, is that fucking possible? And it turns out it is. Huh. So. Look at that. Yeah. Maybe we should have a second episode of Breaking Bad when we end up talking about Better Call Saul. Because, um, you know, maybe that'll be in like two months. Maybe that'll be like a year from now. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll definitely talk about Breaking Bad again because I'm sure there's more to be said. But. I think uh, for now, we just got to move on um, and talk about uh, another thing that will probably take a while. Um, Our favorite albums of 2022. Um, I don't think it'll take that long. You don't think it'll take that long? Nah. Nah. He doesn't have much to say. I didn't like it. That's all he's going (laughs) to say. I mean, I I don't have much to say, but I did listen to it. All right, then you go first. All right, yeah, Lizzie McAlphine's uh, Call Me Maybe. Okay. What's it called? 
Hey, call it the right fucking thing. Five, five seconds flat. Um, with, where everything's lowercase. All right, so let me let me just try to assume. I want you to do the same thing for me, but I'm gonna guess what your favorite song on the album was and what your least favorite song on the album was before you even talk about it. Okay. So I think, I think finding your favorite or guessing your favorite song was a lot harder than finding your least favorite. But I think purely because of the the big moment in the middle, I think Firearm might have been your favorite. Um, with the big like rock electric guitar stuff in the middle. Um, and I think your least favorite was uh, Reckless Driver or Reckless Driving. Well, you're half right. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm half. I think I'm right about the least favorite, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Reckless Driving, I didn't really like. Mm. Only because I thought the lyrics were kind of dumb. Yeah, they're they're a little cheesy. I I will be the first to admit, because I listened to this album again last night, too. I think the lyricism, while, you know... No, I'm not even going to... You talk about it. This is This is your first impression. Okay, yeah, when you mentioned that this, like, the whole feel of this album was kind of like Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. I got really fucking nervous. Yeah. Because I... <laughs> not not a fan. Not a fan. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and with, with a song, like, Ego Thing, that kind of reminded me of that kind of style and... I didn't really like that track either, mm. but most of the album, I'd say, wasn't too bad. Yeah? Like you said, uh, that one you mentioned, but I also kind of liked the really slow ones, like Called You Again and Chemtrails. Yeah. Where we're just kind of like really basic. Like mm. Nick like Nick, Mo- uh, Nick Drake, but like more simple. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I, I thought those were better. Mm. like my favorite songs but yeah overall i mean i i liked where it was more basic yeah more than the other stuff you know mm. and like okay this is like the third album you've made me listen to yeah and i think it's in the middle of the the, the other two so harry styles is on the bottom oh not fucking I was thinking of uh, Paramore. Paramore? I guess, I guess Harry's Harry Styles. Oh comes, yeah, comes too. Oh, are are you talking about your, the um, yeah, after laughter or whatever. Your favorite albums. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, so after laughter goes on bottom. This is above that. Yeah. And then what's above? Uh, Would be a Nick Drake. And then Nick Drake. Okay. Yeah. That's I I probably could have predicted that. Um Yeah, I figured I'm trying to find my notes from uh I'm trying to find my notes for, about light work. Um but while I'm do Oh, there it is. So I figured you wouldn't be a huge fan of this album, but I was really hoping that when I was listening back to it, I was like, okay, I know you really like strings and string parts. Um, I figured, I thought you would like Chemtrails because Chemtrails is a really sweet song. And it's like, I think it's 
some of the best writing on the album because it feels very intimate and like uh um personal um i was listening back she lizzie likes to write about kissing a lot it's like almost every single song has a line about how i kissed you or you kissed me you know um I think my favorite songs are are some of the more up tempo ones. I like All My Ghosts a lot, um, and I like Orange Show Speedway a lot. And I've noticed in my own writing that I tend to be influenced by who my favorite artist is at the time. And for a little bit, it was it was Lizzie, and so she has this style of writing where like there's a story in the lyrics, but also in the music, you know. So like there will be sections that will come back like verses and choruses, but sometimes like the chorus will have different lyrics and it'll be like quieter. And maybe it's just like one instrument. Um, like in all my ghosts, it does that. Um, I think weird is also a good track. Um, I think out of like the featured tracks on this album, um, my favorite is weird because like the Phineas feature on, um, hate to be lame is okay you know he only like pops out of like background vocals at the end um and the jacob collier feature as much as i fucking love erase me um i feel like i couldn't really tell that it was jacob collier because he was just singing like background vocals and like harmonies and stuff um but yeah so i'm glad i'm glad you liked most of the album or at least didn't think it was that bad uh because i know it's kind of a departure for you you know, to hear not only like a pop album, but like a bedroom pop album where a lot of it is like in the box and very like, it's, it's kind of experimental in the way that it's recorded, you know, like there's a lot of production hooks and stuff, but it doesn't feel too like poppy. Um, and honestly, I kind of thought the fact that the weekend made it in your top 10, like of all time, was like a little hopeful for me because I'm like, okay, well, there's a little bit of like pop sensibilities in your music taste now. Um, so I'm just glad to hear that you that you liked it more than you know. I I thought you were gonna say I didn't like it at all. You know. No. But you know, the more and more I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, that little that little string thing at the end of um, is that weird or ceilings? No, I uh no called you again. Called you again. The strings at the end of called you again was really good. Mm. So anyway, um, would you ever go see Lizzie live if she came to Chicago? Maybe. Okay. Like there's definitely people I'd rather see less, you know? Okay. Sweet. Well, you know, I'm just, it'd be kind of neat. Cause we, we talked about how sometimes it takes seeing an artist live to really fully appreciate their studio recordings. Yeah. Um, so she's coming to the Riviera in March, I think. Um, and we've been there. We saw the tenacious D at the Riviera. So I was like, yeah, if I can cop some tickets, maybe we can go. I think the shirt I'm wearing under this is Opeth. I got that. I saw them at the Riviera too. Yeah, dude, I gotta go back to the Shit, Riviera. I've seen ghosts there. Man, I've been there a handful of times. Yeah, this this would if we went, it would be my second time there. Um and I've only ever gone with you, funny enough. So I'm glad you liked it. Um I want you to guess what my favorite tracks and my least favorite track on Light Work were. Um 
Least favorite, I would assume it'd be like uh, Heartbreaker or Children of God, because mm. that one's really long. Okay. Uh, and I know you, you're always like, I don't really like the longer songs. <laughs> but to be fair, the last two minutes are like ambient shit. Yeah. But it's still like eight minutes at that point. Mm-hmm. And Heartbreaker only because that's Miley's favorite. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but favorite? Sh- Jesus Christ. Um, maybe like Vacation. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or uh, uh, Call of the Void, maybe. Okay. Have some fun lyrics. I like the lyrics in that song. I don't know, man. They're they're all very similar. So it's kind of hard trying to decipher like a favorite song, which is why I think of it as like a whole package. Interesting. All right. Well, you were uh, you mentioned a couple that that. So I definitely have a favorite and a least favorite, and then I have some honorable mentions. Um, my least my least favorite, I think, Children of God is up there, not because it's. I think part of the reason is because it's really long. Um, but another reason is it just kind of feels like a drone, you know, like it doesn't really feel like, like it has like a, uh, like a traditional song structure. So that's, that's where it kind of got me was because it kind of, it goes on, but like, there's enough happening that I enjoy it more than my least favorite song, which is uh, heavy burden. I do not like Heavy Burden uh, very much at all. I think part of it is the uh, children singing. I've yeah. never really liked children singing in songs um, because it always reminds me of that one scene from Step Brothers where uh, fucking Ben from Parks and Rec is singing with his family in the car and they're doing Sweet Child of Mine. I, there's just something about hearing a child sing like that, like with a solo that just... It sounds like it's so grating to me. Um, there, there's a little bit of like child prodigy hating in there because I'm like, I was never that good at anything as a kid, you know. So fuck, fuck you. Why are you so good? Um, but I also think the same issues that I have with Children of God are in Heavy Burden too. Like it just kind of keeps going on, and I can't really make out the lyrics. You know, it just sounds like, you know, the whole. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I didn't really think this through before uh yeah my my favorite on the album i think is dimensions actually um that's my favorite too i really fucking like dimensions i think it's it's, like the only it's the only one that's like different enough yeah where there's like the like the like the machinery sounding thing and it's Uh heavier yeah yeah that's my favorite song too it is very it's so cool it's so heavy and it's like it's so energetic and it just keeps moving, you know? And it's like, if I am going to listen to instrumental music or like songs that are longer than like four minutes long, for me at least, like there has to be something interesting happening in the song to warrant the length, you know? Like if it's a solo, I fucking love songs with long solos. Um, If there's an interesting like melodic thing happening, you know, and layering happening, then I am super into it. 
or if the energy is super high, you know, or it keeps changing energy. So I like dimensions because it's like, it's heavy all throughout and it's, it's relatively shorter. I feel like it's what, like four and a half minutes, five minutes, something like that. Um, but yeah, my, I think my second favorite would be vacation just cause for me, that sounds like the most different on the album. Um, and there's also something about like the acoustic guitar and like the pedal tone, like on the, in the you know lower register, like when the chord changes happen. Plus I feel like that is a pretty easily recognizable, like verse and chorus structure, which like I'm super used to. Uh, so I really like that, but, um, I will say my general, so this is not a comprehensive like review by any means. Cause I, I only ever listened to the whole thing once. And I went back to a couple of tracks just to like, make sure they were my favorite or my least favorite. Um, but, um, yeah, as a, as a whole, um, I think for me, I would have to listen to another Devin album because honestly, I disagree that it kind of feels like a whole thing, like a whole package. Um, cause I heard different, different influences from different artists on different songs. And that kept it from being like one cohesive experience for me. Cause I was just going from track to track and I was like, okay, so this track sounds a lot like Pink Floyd or like this track sounds a little bit like U2 or this, you know, whatever. And I, I want to give more credit to Devin as a musician. Cause I know you, I know you really like him. Um, and you've even said that this isn't your favorite album from him. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, it was just kind of hard to get into because, um, I felt like I didn't hear enough of like a consistent voice throughout. Um, but I will say I did, I did really like his singing voice. I don't know how old the dude is. Um, but he has some really, really strong pipes and, um, yeah, his lyric writing is is very interesting. I I think the word that comes to mind when I was listening to most of this album is like epic. Um and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like sometimes, you know, you'll hear like an epic version of like a classic rock song in like a Marvel movie trailer or something and it's like it's got the like the horns or it's got like a choir singing, you know, or it's got like strings Um, but like orchestral strings, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I feel like this album has a little bit of both where like, there's like that epic sound, you know, and sometimes it sounds a little forced, uh, like trying to make a song. Like I really liked the way that Celestial Signals started out because it kind of sounded like it was going to be this, like this groovy, you know, like electronic, like dance track. And then you get, you know, 45 seconds in or whatever, and it's got, like, the big horns and the choir. And I'm like, dude, I kind of wish there was less of that. You know, I kind of wish he went in the the direction that he stayed in at the beginning. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, I think I, th- I think it's a it's I, th- I think it's a pretty good album. Um, I'd probably give it like a seven out of ten, you know, something like that. There are definitely tracks that I would go back to and listen to again. Like I. I favorited dimensions. So like, you know, when I go back and listen to my liked songs on Spotify, like that'll come up, you know, and I'll probably go back and listen to vacation every once in a while. Um, and I did really like the end of children of God, like the, the ambiance 
was really cool because um, I'm I'm a sucker for beach noises and the beach uh, like itself. Um, I just remember <laughs> so when I was listening to it, I was tracking like how long it was on my my car's you know like <laughs> heads up display. Um, and I was like, is this dude really going to try to hit the 10 minute mark and then stop there? Is that why the ambiance is going on for so long? And it actually goes until what, like 10 Oh three. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So maybe it wasn't just to get to 10 minutes, but I thought that would have been so funny if he was like, I'm going to stop right at 10 minutes, but the ambiance needs to be this long because the song ended like a minute and a half ago. Um, but yeah, dude, if you have, if you have any other like Devin albums to recommend me, um please do uh because if if there are any albums that sound like dimensions but it's just like nine of them you know then like i'm into that um because i also noticed that there wasn't a devon album that was in your top 10 of all time right no um that's hard because I mean, the dude has like 26 albums. Yeah. And each one of them is very distinct. Yeah. So trying to pinpoint one to give you would be really difficult. Mm. Well, and here's here's the last thing that I'll say about Devin as a musician. Uh, I'll um, keep Dimensions in mind when trying to think of one. Okay. Or or Vacation, honestly. I don't know how many soft albums he's ever done, but like... there's There's a few. Okay, because I, I really like, um, it, yeah, it, it sounded, it was soft without it sounding like he was trying to imitate someone else. So, like, obviously, he's comfortable writing softer music, where sometimes, like, a rock artist or a metal artist will try to write a song on an acoustic guitar, and it just sounds like, you know, it just sounds like if they were to try to write a song, but instead of an electric guitar, they used an acoustic, you know, it just sounds like an acoustic metal song, um, but no, this guy is obviously comfortable like writing softer songs that you know don't fit into his typical style. Um, but I wanted to ask you: Does he play like with a lot of other people? Like, is he featured as a musician in different bands? So sometimes, but he has a lot of people featured in his music. Okay, because I was gonna say there are musicians that. Like they play for other people or like they're, you know, mostly like prominent on one, um, one instrument and then they like record their own solo stuff. Um, and what happens with those artists is in their own solo stuff, they'll take songs and riffs and ideas that they wrote for other projects or other bands or whatever. And then they'll just like make songs out of that. And I was a little worried because it sounded like there was a little bit of that on Lightwork where like maybe Devin had an idea for a song for another artist and then, you know, it got scrapped or whatever. Um, but I wanted to make sure like if he doesn't like really play with other people in like other projects, then I don't think that's the actual like thing here. And I could be wrong, but um, yeah, overall, I liked it, though. Nice. So, thanks, buddy, for recommending me your favorite album. I know, I know it takes um, like confidence and and faith in the album that you're recommending to like share it with someone else. You know, I for some for some people it's a big deal. 
So I always appreciate when someone's like, Hey, I think you'd like this, you know, cause it's, um, it's, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Not flattering, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of nice that like someone would listen to a song or an album and be like, you know what? I think this person would like it. Um, so I appreciate you thinking of me, pal. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you, uh, you didn't, you know, totally dislike, um, five seconds flat, but you know, to be fair, I think to both of our credit, um, it's not like these albums are our favorite albums of all time. They just happen to be, you know, the favorite albums that we listened to in 2022. Yeah. So, Indeed. Yeah. So with that being said, um, one of the other last things that we did in 2022 was uh, play Pokemon. Um, Ugh, we've made it. We've, we've this made is it. the end. This is oh the end God. of our Pokemon talk for a really long time. We got to talk about different games, but before we do that, uh, we got to talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet because they are the more recent, most recent Pokemon games that we have played that have been released. And um, I, I, I don't know if we should start with our general first impressions or if we should just pick specific things to talk about. But okay, everyone knows that it runs like shit. It runs like shit, and it does. It's been. Like, three months, and it still runs like shit. Yeah, there have been performance patches and stuff, but it doesn't really make a huge difference. Part of me is, like, maybe it's the Switch itself mm. that just can't fucking handle this shit anymore. Yeah. Which really makes me nervous about Zelda, but we'll see. I am, But um, look at the first Breath of the Wild, you know? Like, that was, uh, that was able to run on a Wii U. You know, and it's like a big, expansive game, and like the art style is very unique. And yeah, I. But you know, yeah, it's like six years later, and you know, shit just keeps like getting crazier. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're let's not go too far into that because everyone knows. Everyone knows. Yeah, I I think I think it's a good idea to just talk about the actual game itself, aside from like the performance issues. Um, I will have to say. The fact that, um, so we had like the three routes you can take. Right. But as it turns out, it's one route. Yeah. It's just much longer than usual. Because if you go like the wrong way, you go to the wrong city and you're fighting motherfuckers that are like 20 levels higher and it's impossible. Yeah. And so you still have to follow a strict path, but now it's not so clear where you're supposed to go. So I have to use a guide to find out what town is supposed to be next. Yeah. And that was kind of annoying because it's not really open world. If you still have to go this way, otherwise you're going to get molly whopped. Yeah. Um, I also kind of found it annoying that because I, I was under the impression that you could choose one of the three storylines and then you could just finish the game that way. Yeah. And then you would go back, you know, the same way that you end every Pokemon game where you beat, you know, the main boss or whatever at the end. And then you go back to your house and you wake up and, you know, you get to go out and do all the post-game stuff. I thought you were just going to be able to do that, but with, you know, the other storylines. But I guess, like you said, it's not 
it's not really three separate storylines. It's basically, you know, it's basically just the one. Because all of the characters that you meet in the other two storylines, whatever you end up choosing first, you have to complete them in order to do, like, the last part of the game anyway. So like, There was a point where you get far enough and they're like, okay, well, we need someone who can do this. Do you know anyone? Yeah. And like, what was his name? What was the, Arvin was his name? Arvin, yeah. Yeah, it was Arvin and uh, someone else, but they were like, no, he's got to help me. No, he's got to help me. And I thought like, oh shit, I have to choose which one to help. Right. But no, you have to help them both anyway. So like, it, it presents itself as this grand open world game where you can go anywhere you want, but it all ends up in the same spot no matter what you do because yeah. you have to do everything anyway. And that's annoying. Yeah. Um, I will also say um, one of the technical aspects that I was disappointed to not see carry over from the last game before this, Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus, is the like the battle camera like has some freedom, but it also doesn't. So in legends Arceus, you could just run around the battlefield and you could like move the camera around, you know, however you wanted. Um, and you could like walk in front of your Pokemon as they launched an attack or whatever. And it was like, it was fun. Um, and in this game, I remember when I first started playing it, I was like, Oh, so they're not doing that. It's a fixed camera again. no, uh, you can move the camera around and you can click the right stick to, you know, focus it back in the traditional, like fixed camera. But half the time you start a battle, uh, the camera will just shift into that free camera mode to try to see both Pokemon. But sometimes it'll like fuck up the physics of the game. Like sometimes you're like looking through the ground up at your Pokemon. Sometimes like, you can only see like part of the enemy Pokemon. And then when you use an attack, the camera doesn't move. So it's like, what the, what's going on? You know? Um, so that kind of made battling a hassle, you know, unless you count the, the battles that you have to use a fixed camera for, you know, and they use the, like the sword and shield, like, you know, the, the camera that was started in X and Y, where if you leave it idle for too long, it'll just like, show different camera angles and shots and stuff of either your face or your Pokemon or whatever. So I'm upset. They didn't keep that. I'm upset. They didn't keep the, it's, it's like every aspect of Pokemon legends that I liked, they put in this game, but like a watered down version. It's like, you can aim at Pokemon and throw the Pokeball directly at them, but you still have to fight them. Um, the, throwing and the aiming doesn't feel as intuitive as it did in Pokemon Legends. So that makes catching not as fun, you know? Um, the Let's Go feature is really good. Uh, although when your Pokemon runs behind you half the time, they go back in their ball anyway because they're too slow. Um, or they get clipped on like part of the environment and they can't come with you, you know? Um, but enough of the stuff that we didn't like. Uh, unless there's anything else that you didn't like that you want to bring up. Um, I didn't give a shit about Team Star. <laughs> I yeah, didn't care that's... about their stupid flashbacks. Yeah. And, oh, we're bullies. I, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
There was that one town where like the gym had the old sprites on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Also, the towns are fucking trash. There's yeah. nothing. You can't go in anything, and anything you can go into, it's just like a menu. Yeah, it's just a shop. Like, it's so hollow. Yeah, it makes exploring the cities and towns not as fun. It's just which the is a same, shame. You know, it's like sh- like deli shops and shit. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because like walking through these towns and these cities, you're like, God damn, this is huge. You know, like and the it's water like, one. Yeah, the water one. You need to use a fucking elevator to explore like the whole thing. You know, unless like you get the the climbing and the flying, you know, upgrade for your ride Pokemon. But yeah, dude, and they're they're huge towns, but they're like they're mostly empty. And like you go from being able to talk to every NPC to not being able to talk to like you know half of them. Yeah. Um, and it's like I know. A lot of times in Pokemon games, I don't really pay attention to talking to NPCs anyway. But I'm of the mindset whenever I'm playing an RPG, you got to talk to everybody because you don't know who's going to give you an item, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like every Pokemon game I play, the first time I roll up into a town, I talk to everyone. I go into every house and I talk to everybody. Um, And it just felt like, yeah, it felt like most of the aspects gameplay-wise in Scarlet and Violet that were introduced were kind of half-assed, watered-down versions of things that we'd seen in other games. Like, washing your Pokemon at a picnic, you know, I I preferred it when it was on the 3DS, you know, and you got to actually, like, Nintendogs, like, touch them and stuff. Um, The sandwich making is fine. You know, picnics are fine. You know, you get to throw a ball around like you did in Sword and Shield, but, like, I don't know. I, I said it, I said enough of the things we didn't like, and I just kept going on about things I didn't Cause, like. Because there's more. Legendaries are done. They're just gone now, I guess. Yeah. You know? It's just... They just give them to you immediately. I mean, I, I liked uh, Maridon. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... People are bitching about it. Oh, just give me sandwiches. But I still like it. I like how it looks. Yeah. And I like using it to, like, climb shit and fly and... You know, in Legends, every Pokemon, everything you had to do had, like, a different Pokemon. Yeah. But in this one, you know, your guy does everything. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. But, like, there's no Legendaries besides those four. And, like, like it was really kind of... Like, what happened to Legendaries, man? What happened mm-hmm. to them? There are some generations where I feel like there are too many. And there are some generations where I feel like there are too few. And in this case, I feel like they're going to go the route of Sword and Shield and they're going to include more legendaries and DLC. But it's like, that's disappointing in itself because then that assumes that you can't get every Pokemon in the game, you know, for like up to a year or two after the game comes out. Because it's like, oh, we got to make more. We got to put some in the DLC, you know. So, I don't know. I will say, though, I think... I think this Pokédex for Paldea has a lot of really good Pokémon in it. Like, yeah. I will say, as far as, like, every Pokémon game goes, the Pokémon designs are, for the most part, really fucking good. Uh, the music is really fucking good. Um, and, um... Yeah, those are usually the two parts of Pokémon games that are generally, like, 
almost always hit. You know, they're not really hit or miss. I think, you know, every once in a while you'll get a Pokemon like Scovillain who <laughs> just looks so fucking dumb, you know, but like... The idea is cool, but... The idea like is very cool. I, I kind of wish it had a third evolution. Dude, I saw someone make made fan art of a third evolution of Scovillain or a second evolution where it was like a dragon and it was on, on four legs and it had three heads like a hydra and then the you know the end of its tail was like a rattle like um like jalapeno seeds or like the inside of a jalapeno pepper you know uh-huh. and i was like that would have been sick you know like a red pepper a yellow pepper and a green pepper but instead we just get you know an edgy dude with his hands in his pockets just eh. Oh my yeah. god, dude. They but, fumbled Quaxley so fucking hard, I can't believe it. You don't like Quaquaval? I hate Quaquaval. I hate it. Mm. I was I was happy with the second one. I was like, okay, this this could be cool. Yeah. And it fucking evolves into this stupid thing that just fucking like run like does this the whole time. And the way it runs is like this. I <laughs> fucking hate Quaquaval. I hate it. It's a it's a dancer. It's like a it's like a flashy, you know, it's like a it's like a Spanish dancer, you know? I hate it. Mm. I was so excited for Quaxley. Yeah. And they fucked me. <laughs> I think I, Foy Coco's I, the way to go, like I, officially. I was gonna say, I think for the first time in a really long time, we ended up using starters that we didn't like um because i can't remember the last time i i started a game with with a pokemon that i didn't end up really liking at the end and skeledurge is is great i like skeledurge i like fue coco he's just a dumb little guy he's got one brain cell and then he evolves into a singer and like he's very cool you know but as far as fire ghost type starters go I gotta stick to Hisui and Typhlosion, so Skeledurge is all yours, dude. You can you can take him. I didn't get to start with Sprigatito, who is the one that I wanted to start with the whole time. Um, and now in hindsight, I'm getting to play with a Sprigatito, and I'm like, this is so fucking cool, dude. Like, Florigato, like, its second evolution is probably one of my favorite second evolutions of starter Pokemon, like, ever. It's just got a yo-yo, you know, flower yo-yo, and it's like always folding its arms and it's just like a cool like cat you know and Miascarada is cool um I think it's my favorite of the three honestly but yeah I I haven't felt singular love for a starter Pokemon since um I mean like I like Cinderace a lot I like Primarina I know it's a hot take um, yeah, dude, I don't know. This this new trio is competing for Gen Six to be the worst. Really? One. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks because I think I like every single one of their first like evolutions. You know, last generation I didn't really like Sobble a whole lot. The generation before that, like Litten was okay. You know, Poplio is is a seal. I like seals. But like this generation, I was like, no, Quaxley is looks cool Sprigatito looks cool Fue Coco looks cool like I really they could I could choose any one of them um and then you know they all evolve and it's like nah they're they're pretty okay you know yeah anyway um Arvin's thing was by far the best yeah dude I like, I almost the titans up. the yeah. titans were objectively the best part 
they they provided the le- the most legitimate challenges too. I feel yeah. like yeah, and then that last Titan fight with the um with the sushi and the Dodonzo. Yeah. Um, that was really cool because it was like a like a you know a fake out fight. Um, yeah, I think his storyline was the best too. Like as soon as I found out that he was trying to collect all of the Herba Mystica to save his dog, I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, dude, that, that hit me right there. Um, and, uh, you know, but I will say I'm just, we're just, we just keep talking about things that we don't like. This no, game I do needs, like that. I game, moved to shit. I do like Arvin's thing was good. I also moved to shit. Okay. I'm going to move back to shit. I don't like, or I guess not even shit. I don't like, but a missed opportunity. Dude, this game should have had voice acting hundred yeah. percent. This game needed voice acting. I feel yeah, like it might be time. Dude, the cutscenes where you could see characters opening up their mouths and like mouthing words and stuff. There's a lot of those in this game, and it just feels so empty to like watch them, and you can only hear the music and the sound effects. It's like it's like when fucking uh, that Nick Nickelodeon All Stars or whatever, you know, when that came out and there was no voice acting. It was like these characters can only have so much personality without a voice. And it's like Nimona, who I think is probably one of the best rivals that we've had in a really long time. Yeah, 100%. It's like when she's so excited to battle you and all you have to go on is like the actual dialogue and the way her face looks. It's like if she had voice acting, I feel like I'd be so much more invested in her story. And also the whole section in Area Zero at the end where people are having dialogue behind you, like spoiler alert. You travel with Penny, Arvin, and Nimona in the fucking crater. And when you're running down the crater doing your thing, there's a bunch of exposition and backstory. Like, yeah, dude. Like, just like on screen. And And it's like, what am I supposed to stop and read this? I'm trying to focus on the, like, not running to every Pokemon I see. And they're fucking like, there's so much dialogue in the bottom. Yeah. I I missed all of it. You just need, you need voice acting for moments like that because are you expecting me to stop dead in my tracks just to read text boxes that mind you I can't control like they just go you know <laughs> I don't know so that's that's frustrating but I will say uh, we finally Dude. get a dolphin Pokemon uh, Palafin is really fucking cool uh, the music in Area Zero was really goddamn cool yeah I think it was by the best track like. Pokemon's had in fucking like 10 years I swear yeah I I really like the fight against you know the final fight against the professor that music is really good I remember the first time I heard it I was like oh god oh god damn you know and then they start throwing out paradox Pokemon that you haven't seen and you're like what the fuck is that you know yeah it's it's a really good final fight um I really like the fight against Penny who you find out is the leader of team star uh, spoiler alert, you know, but not really a spoiler. Oh God, fucking... Yeah. But I like, I, I, I like... can't believe how hard team star sucks. That whole thing. Yeah. Every base was the same fucking thing. Yeah. Every challenge was the same thing. There's nothing in the base. Every fucking one ends with the same stupid car. Yeah. Fuck team star. My God. How do they just keep getting worse? Yeah, dude, we got to go back to an evil corporation where the villain is like, yeah, have you seen that picture floating around where it's like this is the ideal Pokemon game? You get, you know, to explore every region. You get the friend group from Scarlet and Violet. You get the enemy team from Black and White. You get the, 
you know, um, you get terastalizing, you get uh, mega evolutions, and it's just like taking bits and pieces from every. Yeah, you get like the the Sinnoh Elite Four and the Champion, and it's like every game has a little piece of it that people like. Um, I feel like Pokemon teams haven't, you know, been super imposing for a while. Um, I mean, granted, like, you know, I know you don't like Team Skull. I enjoyed Team Skull kind of. I liked the Ether Foundation from Sun and Moon a lot too, like Lusamine is like a really good villain in my opinion because she's just evil dude like especially in the original sun and moon she's just just an asshole evil people again come on yeah like team star is not evil you know like chairman rose is not evil you know and it's like it doesn't feel good to take down people who are misunderstood lysander was evil though i think he was a little underrated i mean he was literally trying to blow up the world yeah team team flair is an underrated uh villain team um, but yeah, dude, you got, you got a good selection of Pokemon. You got a good, you know, selection of like music. I think the final act of this game in the crater was my favorite part of the game. Cause it's just, it finally feels like the story begins, you know? And it's like, then it's over and it's like, okay, well now Nimona goes back to being an NPC who says the same thing every time you talk to her. That sucks. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, quick speed round, um, lightning round. I want to go through some of my favorite and my least favorite Pokemon designs from this generation. Uh, Tinkaton, dude. Best, hands down. It's such a highlight, dude. I love that Tinkaton is such a menace. Uh, just kills Corviknight for fun. Um, it's just, that's awesome. Just like, a, like the first stage is just a little uh, a female life piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah know? it's just a doll, you know? Uh, I did not honestly know what to expect when it, she kept evolving, you know, because you have Tinka Tink and then um, Tinka whatever. Tinker Tom, I don't know. Yeah, and then the hammer keeps getting bigger, and, you know, when she finally evolved into Tinkaton, I was like, okay, is she going to become, like, an ogre or something? No, she stays, like, the same size, but the hammer is fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, dude, Finison and Palafin are really good. Um, they were my, they were basically my starter because I kept them in the front of the team at every fight. You know, I I I love my little dolphin, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Um, let's see. I really like Orthworm. I think that's an underrated Pokemon design. It's just a goofy worm with like blue arms, you know, that pop out of its side. Yeah. Um. I think the the four legendary Pokemon that we do get in the game are, like, pretty good. I like the goldfish a lot. Um, I like... Um, I, I like uh, the Sabertooth Tiger a lot, too. Like, their mythology is interesting. Um, yeah, least favorite. I don't like Scovillain. I don't care too much for it. Um, I also don't really like Revavroom. Rev- Rev- the, the car Pokemon. Not a fan. Oh, uh, King Gambit is really cool. When I play it again, Ooh. I will use King Gambit. Yeah, King Gambit. King Gambit slaps. Um, Claude Sire. What a what a good what a good little boy. Just it's oh, just a yeah. Quagsire like on its belly. I was debating swapping my Toad's Cruel with that thing, but I'm just gonna use it next time. Yeah, Toad's Cruel was cool. Um, I think <laughs> I think the grass. Um, tent, you know, tentacle 
just running around like Squidward is is a funny idea. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else did I have on my team that I liked? Dude, my fucking camera's gonna die. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any other least favorite Pokemon? Um, the Flamingo was stupid. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. They did nothing. They yeah. they removed a letter from the name and called it a Pokemon. Also, but also, I, I wish it evolved. Dude, did what? you see the thousand Pokemon video? I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw part of it. Hello, hello. Are you are you hello? still with me? Hello, hello, hello. Hi, are you are you still there? Yes, I am. The fuck happened? My internet connection is unstable. Fuck you. What about but the yeah, thousand did you, Pokemon? Did, did you see that video they put out? I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched part of it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. Whoever put that together is a maniac. But yeah, the fact that we had a thousand Pokemon and number one thousand is like the gold ass. Yeah. Gold that was Dango. the first time I saw it. I, I never got it in the game. Never? Yeah, no, I still didn't get it. Yeah, he's so just a first... string cheese guy who has a, a snowboard that yeah, he rides that's around on. Number... 1,000. Unbelievable. Yeah, just a bunch of gold coins stacked together. Um, oh, also the Paradox Pokemon. I think almost every single one of them are really well designed. Um, yeah. I think my favorite is probably Slitherwing, the uh, Volcarona like past form where it's a bug fighting type and it looks like Mothra. Um, I also really like Iron Valiant, the uh, the Gallade and Gardevoir like mashup with the fucking the, like, the spear Oh, dude, so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there is. Uh, the games are good for the most part. Yeah, but I. Despite, damn, there's some fucking hard misses. Yeah, despite how much we shit on them, I think I still really enjoy Scarlet and Violet. Um, they at least. I, I remember I was going to bitch about the fact they removed sleeping animations, mm. but they did put them in. Yeah, they they patched him in. I was like, dude, that's you can't make their eyes close anymore. Are you serious? <laughs> but no, yeah, they do it's, know. Yeah, they do. Um, so I I'm currently replaying through the story. I'm playing Pokemon Violet right now, and I'm using you know a select team of Pokemon. Um, and uh, yeah, man, if you want to borrow Scarlet and go through the game again anytime soon, just let me know. I know it's probably a little too close to the release yeah. of the game to, you know, want to jump back in again. But apparently, um, they, there was a DLC leak quote unquote. Um, and, uh, allegedly the DLC is going to come out next November. So it's going to be the next, you know, big November release for Pokemon. Um, and, uh, I don't want to talk too much about it in case it ends up being wrong, which is a very likely possibility. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm excited for the future of Pokemon. The next generation that we have after this is gen 10, which is crazy to say that we yeah. are in generation 10. Um, but we got a couple of years before that happens. So we're going to be <laughs> in our thirties playing Pokemon. Uh, but, uh, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I don't think you, you know, I don't think there's anything to say. No, nope. Pokemon. It was only uncool in uh, middle school. Yeah. Now it's, now it's <laughs> not, you know, it's, it's, ve- I don't want to say it's very cool to like Pokemon, but anyway, 
it's cool that we like Pokemon. Um, hopefully y'all like it too. If you made it to the end of the episode, uh, chances are you are, you know, at least semi-interested in what we had to say about Pokemon. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Um, we gotta, we gotta watch the end of Ash's journey because currently, uh, Ash is almost done and his last couple of episodes are airing. So we gotta watch those. This is not the last time that we'll talk about Pokemon, but it might be for a while. Um, so uh, be sure to join us next episode where we talk about the rise and fall of the American dollar. Um, and uh, I've been Nick Scarpin Auto. Uh, joined your soy David Kapushikars. Uh, thanks for listening to us ramble on about uh, meth addicts and frame rate issues. Um. We will see you in the next one. But until then, stop farting. Stop farting. It smells so bad. It smells so bad. You can't keep blaming it on the dog. Okay? Huh. All right, bye.